and welcome to Romancing the Game. I'm George Fishford. I'm Tawny P. Thompson. Oh, and I'm Sarah Babe, who's <laughs> clearly taken Sudafed recently. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> welcome, welcome to our episode for Mass Effect 2, starting off with the illustrious fan Garrus favorite, Garrus Vicarian. <laughs> Full disclosure, Sarah and I are going into this with our favorite romance option for the Mass Effect series. Tawny, not so much. (laughs) I know all y'all can't see my face, but I have no poker face. Y'all, so much potential. I wanted to love it. Girl. Girl. You, you, Uh, girl. Okay, before we go too deep, though, Jordan, I think... (laughs) You and Sarah have a, a bit. Oh, yeah. Spoiler warning. <laughs> it's a fucking spoiler alert. We're talking about the game. Don't listen if you don't want to know about it. Spoiler alert. Thank <laughs> you for that introduction, Sarah. Today? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast will contain spoilers. As is the nature of discussing overarching story, we will be covering various plot beats of the game during this show. This warning has been laid at your feet. Continue at your own peril. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, yeah, yeah, spoiler alert. (laughs) Uh, Just to take like one quick step back there, if y'all haven't seen Mandy Patinkin's political video from this morning with his wife, Catherine, it's dope as hell and you should look it up because I almost died laughing. It kind of reminded me of that little rant. Anyhow, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's talk about Mass Effect 2. as a reminder, it was released for the PC and Xbox 360 mm. in the year 2010. Uh, came out oh, yeah, for the PS3 in 2011. Developer was BioWare. Publisher was Electronic Arts. Uh, the head writers were Mac Walters and Drew Karpysheen. And the writing team consisted of Luke Christiansen, Chris Leitwal, Patrick Weeks, Malcolm Azania, Chris Hepler, Brian Kindrigan, and Jay Turner. Uh, you know- since we forget it all the time. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh no, you're good. <laughs> go say your thing. I, I can still say my thing. Okay. Later. We're good. Uh, since we forget it all the time, the voice of Fem Shep was Jennifer Hale. The voice of Man Shep was Mark Mears. Yeah, I love Jennifer Hale. She's, She's so good. kind of my personal hero, and when I grow up, I want to be her. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, though she might be, no, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Jennifer Hale, you're awesome. <laughs> also, we love Fem Shep. Yeah, Fem Shep is only Shep, like, for yeah. real. Yep. Like, really good job to our male Shep. You know, he, he does great. I appreciate him, but Mark Fem Mears, Shep we appreciate it. Uh, yeah, you're not, like, yeah. bad or anything. I mean... Just not Fem Shep. Yeah. Just not... <laughs> it just elevates it to another not level. great. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> Sarah... I, I appreciate I, his I, voice. I do like his voice. I, his very nice mm, sounding voice. I uh, just, everything's delivered better when Shepard's a female. Uh, I'm just gonna it's, say yeah, that. I'm so sorry. It's there's, not there's, you're, you're I'm sure you're a great voice actor and I'm sure you have lovely talents and it might have just been the script. Well, and there's something to be said. Yeah, some script shit, like, goddamn. There's something to be said for, like, the filter that you view the game through as M. Shep versus a male Shep. And then also just some of the really sexist things that are written into male Shep's fucking. Oh, 
It's the respect. It's the I, I have <laughs> opinions on right. that. Oh, yeah. Which, which we covered in our episode about Ashley. So if yeah. you want to get a deep dive before we go into the other male-only romance options for Mass Effect 2, well, that's a God. really good preview. Guarantee we're going to get back into it with Jack. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we will. Yeah. Oh, there's going to be words <laughs> yeah. that are not going to be kind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to, like, put it out there. It's, we have it's... a lot of strong feelings about Jack. We already so, covered a little bit oh, in our Mass Effect God. 2 overview. Yeah, but like, we should have. <laughs> yeah, but, okay, Garrus. <laughs> Garrus Bakarian. Yes. But Garrus. let's give them our plot boy. overview for plot Mass Effect overview. 2 in case they didn't watch our right. first plot overview. We have, like, an outline <laughs> and stuff to follow. Yeah. Yeah. I also wrote out a nice little blurb for this because I love Mass Effect Ooh. so much. Um, Mass Effect 2 <laughs> is set in a futuristic Milky Way Future where mass relay technology allowing for faster than light travel faster has allowed the human right. <laughs> oh, <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> Are we um, both movie voicing this? Yeah. <laughs> in a world. <laughs> in a world. <laughs> where mass effect relays. <laughs> <laughs> have allowed the human race to expand toward outward from our earth and into a society filled Spending with other outward from our earth <laughs> filled with other advanced races and this game is obviously a continuation for mass effect one yes can you wait to mass effect one <laughs> mass effect two the electric boogaloo. The massing of the effect again. Yeah. Oh, no. no, no, no. Mass relay boogaloo. Yes. That is good since the mass relay is a plot point in this game. The game starts with Shepard dying and being brought back to life by a pro human organization called Cerberus. Cerberus. Without having much of a choice due to a it's new a threat. Facing the galaxy, you use their resources to assemble a new team with some old familiar faces to face this challenge and maybe find love along the way. Maybe and maybe find, find love. love along the way. <laughs> and that was it. That's all I got. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. Nice, nice. Um, again, intergalactic threat, universe in peril, Must zombie. Save the universe. Jesus Shepherd needs to be the one who saves it. <laughs> Oh and my God! Really, it's a metaphor for Jesus. We really Holy cannot crap. say I, it enough that Shepherd's a metaphor for the martyrdom, Christianity, Jesus. The Lord is thy shepherd. I feel like pretty oh, much. How did every, I never get that, y'all? I feel like pretty much every fantasy epic is kind of that. Just to like put that out there, it's like the oldest story in the book. But, but oh my brain. But. Shepard actually dies at the end of this one. Spoiler alert. We already spoiler alerted you, but <laughs> spoiler alert. I mean, fair he enough. dies in this game and is brought back to life. Yeah. I mean, and then enough. later he dies. <laughs> they die well, again? They. Well, he dies at the end of Mass Effect 3. What? She, no. They die Wait. at the end of. Fuck, I'm going to have to play 3. Mass Effect 3 again. Okay. Unless Wait, you really didn't man- remember that? I that, seriously don't remember it. Dude, I block like things that. out ridiculous. Like That is true because the ending of Mass Effect 3 was bullshit, and I stand by that. I liked it. 
I liked it, but I tend to be very forgiving of games that I enjoy. I'm just like, oh, you're going to end it by pooping on that chair? Okay. I'm not there yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. I won't. Yeah, okay. I mean, I knew, I know a lot of things, though, because that's I'm a something horrible that's, Googler. Um, <laughs> that's really hard to miss because yeah. of how big the fan reaction was yeah. about everybody being pissed off for it. Let's put it this way. I've managed to avoid spoilers for Star Trek Voyager because I haven't seen the entire series yet. Jesus H. Yeah. Fans in Christ. Shepherd. Yeah. <laughs> Shepherd. Shepherd. <laughs> uh, All right. Speaking of voice actors. So yeah. Uh, speaking of voice actors. We discuss Brandon Keener. Who yes. Has the voice for our lovely grasshopper boy. He's so great. So I love, he's another good Southern boy. He's from Fort Smith, Arkansas. So yes. Okay. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, but he lives in LA. So, so he's not actually Southern. He, I mean, he, he was born and raised. <laughs> <laughs> Once a Southerner, always a Southerner. It's always there. I Fans at home, I literally said that just to annoy Tawny. I know <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> but it's so easy, it's hard not to pick that low-hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, an apple. Bite Yay. Bite me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Oh, I think you mean... Bless your heart. Yeah, Tawny. Nope. Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's done quite a bit of film and television. Um, and then a couple of video games. Not as many as I thought. Um, we've got EverQuest and Saints Row and L.A. Noir, Mass Hold Tech, up. Obviously. He was in Galaxy Quest, just technician number I two. Know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. And then what was the other one that I was kind of excited about that I was like, wait a minute, what? Was it Beverly Hills Chihuahua? That's the, I was thinking because like so many people <laughs> who worked on the Mass Effect games were in that. Like that's <laughs> yeah. what we keep coming up on. And every single time I'm like, who the fuck worked on Mass Effect and then went to do this movie and was like, hang on, I have the perfect group of actors for you. And then brought in every fucking voice actor from Mass Effect. That's called, hey, I, I got a, a job. Friend. It's a quick one. You want to do it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. I've done it. Like, I've definitely been like, oh, I know a guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. I just enjoy that he also did additional voices for Mass Effect Andromeda. Yes. But I, I can't I can't forgive that they didn't have a little Garrus cameo because I love Garrus so much. Yeah. Not well, even like a voice recording of like something in like the Turian thing with Garrus hoping they're safe and wishing well to like a fifth cousin <laughs> that went on the Andromeda <laughs> <quest> or something. <laughs> well, there are. Uh, I would have accepted well, well, anything. <laughs> we'll get into Andromeda when we get to Andromeda. That's a while yet, and there's some timey-wimey no. bullshit that goes around with that, too. So um, That's true. Yeah. I did just notice he was in Glow, which is dope, and I'm still sad that that's not coming back. Wait, where, he was in Glow? Yeah. In episode like, Hollywood uh, Homecoming? Yeah. Where are you seeing that? Uh, on his IMDb. On his, I'm on Wikipedia. Oh, I was on movies, not television. Ah. Oh, he was, he was also in Criminal Minds. Yeah, I've been Everybody's watching too much Criminal, Criminal Minds lately Minds. because who doesn't need a little more darkness and terror in this world right now? Girl, I've been watching horror movies by myself. I watched yeah. The Purge. Ooh, boy. 
Yeah. It is, it is, it's spooky season now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I've been doing it for a couple months now by myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, sorry, just going through, like, all of his stuff, there are a lot of, like, classic TV shows. Uh, first of all, he was also in Hustlers um, <laughs> last year. So just jotting that down for me to look for him in that movie. But he was in um, Be the Vampire Slayer. Uh, he was in Medium Without a Trace. I know probably everybody didn't watch the, those shitty TV shows like I did growing up, but uh, no, the, it's cool. The like the Castle series, which everybody that's ever yeah. watched Firefly has also watched. Oh, um, <laughs> I won't. I refuse. <gasps> Why? I I have. It's we a long, stupid okay. story. <laughs> You just were so offended after he played a villain in, um, oh, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. The Neil Patrick Harris. Oh no, I just, I got, (laughs) oh God, I I hate to say this out loud, but I'm going to say it out loud. Um, I kind of don't like him. Oh, that's, you know, you can have opinions. Like he's okay. He's okay. He's not bad, but like. I don't agree, but you're allowed to have opinions. <laughs> right, yeah, like, that's the thing. I'm like, going to start that energy off now, because we're going to have that a lot for Tawny this episode. <laughs> right, like, I, I, well, like Nathan, I like Nathan Fillion, but I'm not like, yeah, everything Nathan Fillion does is the most amazing thing on the planet, because I saw the Shakespeare he did, and it was not great. So um, not everyone has to be good at Shakespeare. Yeah, I know, but I'm when it comes down to it, I'm kind of a snob. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we uh, value your opinion on this podcast so highly, Sarah. Oh, thank you. You make me feel like my snobbery is important. <laughs> I will say when he showed up in Jade Empire, I had to like do a double ear take. I was like, wait a minute, mm. what is that Nathan? Yeah, I did I did that yesterday when we started watching The Legend of Korra and the voice actor who does Ogren and uh, <laughs> Grunt mm-hmm. is like introduced in the first <laughs> uh, episode as like the quote unquote bad guy. And I'm like, <gasps> I took like five minutes. I'm like, Brad, I got to figure out who this is. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I told you he was in Mass Effect. <laughs> That's one of those things. It's very, that can be frustrating as a really big fan. Mm-hmm. Um, hearing voices and having not like the schizophrenic kind, but hearing <laughs> A voice in a game or a television show and going, where is that from? Where is yeah. that from? Um, I, and then I, having to wait until, like, the end of the episode to see his name pop up in credits or just Googling it because you have to. Yeah. It's frustrating. Then you look it's, up their Wikipedia, you don't recognize anything. Mm-hmm. It just drives you insane. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, that happens to me a lot with – because you, you guys like anime, but you're not, like, huge into anime. Yeah, I haven't watched any of the newer stuff. It's been a couple of years since I yeah, like I, mean, I, I like older stuff. Band. Like yeah. it, it happens to me all the time because the same guy who does the voice of Grunt and Ogren and the bad guy from Legend of Korra also does the voice of Spike Spiegel in Cowboy Bebop. Ooh. Oh boy, <laughs> so that's a good. Yeah. I did, totally didn't catch that. Yeah, it was a 
deep dive into nerdiness, and then I read a comic book. Uh, yeah. I miss anime conventions. Oh, oh Steve girl, Bloom. No. Steve Bloom does everything. Yeah, Steve he Bloom does. Has been everything. He's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, Garrus is uh, also yeah. great. And he, uh, so Brandon Keener, like this was, I, I got kind of excited about this one. He did the local pedestrian population in Red Dead 2. Yep. <laughs> Y'all, I like that that's how right they, now. I love how that they named it just local population, like yeah. pedestrian population. That's so crazy. Yeah. You know, they just took the, the label that the graphic designers and everything like that had used for that particular <laughs> thing. They're like, we'll just use that as their character description for their voices too. That's Local great. pedestrian <laughs> population. Boom. Done. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Garrus. Yeah. Garrus is your boy in one. Like yes. he is your. I fucking love Garrus in one. Yeah. I really do. <sighs> Garrus like, is great. I wanted to romance Garrus in Mass Effect mm-hmm. 1 so bad. So bad and I was so excited when I started Mass Effect 2 and it was an option and I started flirting and I started flirting hard you guys like Mm. instantly and just as a reminder for our fans at home for Mass Effect 1 Garrus is um, a returning squad mate obviously as we mentioned but uh, in Mass Effect 1 he's a CSEC officer that is investigating the big bad can't find any evidence against the big bad, even though everybody knows that he's guilty. So he's like, everybody knows. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> he's like, fuck CSEC. <laughs> and he joins your crew <laughs> to try to do something about it. Um, well, he knows because- that specters can go outside the law and he's like, yeah. okay, you now have yeah. the power to like, help me make this happen. Yeah. So he joins you and you know, then History is made. He's fucking fantastic doing oh, his God. calibrations. <laughs> yeah. Like he's he's your sniper, which yeah. is great because I occasionally most often then not suck at sniping unless it's Halo 2 and then I got your ass across the map. But that's completely different Ooh, story. I can do it in this, but I can't in Halo. <laughs> oh, mm, Halo, I was like Yeah, it was great. Um, but Garrus is a Turian. Yes. Um, AKA and, Grasshopper Boy. And we we haven't had a chance to deep dive into the other alien races besides the Asari because we haven't had any other alien races to romance. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, the the Turians are a very interesting and I dare say <laughs> a the Turians in a, a, not the metaphor metaphor is not the word I'm looking for, a substitute. Analog. Um, yeah, analog. I almost feel like they're an analog for American society because they're very incredibly warlike. They're in, they're very military military focused, mm-hmm. and you find this out when you start talking to Garrus that you know when you're you are you have to be part of the military. I think if I remember correctly, and you. You know, you fight before you fight your fellow soldiers before you go out to battle. Like they're just super aggressive. Well, and you find out like when you start digging into Garrus's backstory, his dad is like a hard ass general. And yep. that's just mm-hmm. that was his life. And like he basically had to join CSAC. That was like his path. <laughs> like yeah. yeah. Dad or be a specter. And his dad decided to block that because he didn't like 
how lawless the specters were and how yeah. disorganized. They work and, outside yeah, the law yeah. and don't yeah. have to answer to anybody, yeah. which goes to show you how like actually ingrained that is in their discipline culture. Mm-hmm. Like being outside of the law is something that Turians are just like fucking what? Yeah. And it's even mentioned by Garrus in, I think this game, um, Turians are expected to follow bad orders, yep. even if they complain about it. Yeah, so they, that's why. They, yeah, yep, even if they hear a bad order, they'll follow it. But I yep. don't. Yeah, yeah, and that's a big character thing for Garrus, obviously. But also, it tells you so much about the Turians as right. a whole. Like in in their introduction to the Galactic, Galactic Space Society, I think they were the third group to join. Um, the Citadel Council, and yeah. I think there's only three or four. There's three. three on the three on the council in the first one. I don't remember about two. Because I think it's an Asari uh, uh, Solarian, right? It's Asari Solarian Turian, and I think in um, three it also includes human. I, th- I think in it two it almost include include human. It does. Okay. Yeah. Um, y'all, do we meet? Female Turians, like, ever? Yes. When? Oh, three. It's, oh, it's, wait, no. Ethan's shaking no. his head no. Andromeda, you do Andromeda. for sure. Yeah, you have, you have one on your crew. But I think they're just, like, side bit people. What the frack? Like, why? Ah, why do they do Sexism. this? But um, also- <laughs> you want the short answer? Sexism. Yeah. Because <laughs> men write it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I just like I, I would love to see a badass squad of female Turians just like we saw the badass squad of Asari. Like Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean the thing is the Asari are all quote unquote female presenting. So yeah. it's a lot easier for them to fill that niche with the Asari instead of making another cool one with um with you know, obviously, female Turians. Turian. Right. Garrus mentions a female Turian in this game. Right. Right. Um, but and you boy, don't Garrus have, like, had reach. She had flexibility. Yep. 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 It was really good. <laughs> um, but obviously, going over the Turians, they're known for their military role. That's what they um, fill in the Citadel Council. They're the peacekeepers. Um, and they have some animosity generally with the humans because I think the human introduction into galactic space started off with a war against the Turians. Yeah, it, it was. Um, <laughs> uh, what was it? it was uh, was it? No, it's not the universe. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Is it the Battle of Tachanka or Fall of Tartus? No, this is a Tachanka is the Krogan Krogan one. I think yeah. Tartarus might be the correct one. Because that had to do with Ashley's Tetris. story, her what, grandfather. Uh, I Tetris. Tartarus is... Uh... I know. Okay. I, I have it on my brain because the human organization will be talking oh, about Oh, is it because you're finally Tetris. reading Laura Olympus? Nope. <laughs> oh, it. girl. How have you not been reading Laura Olympus? I asked I you, Sarah. I asked you. I don't have the attention span right you now. You don't need to. Girl. They're so short. Yeah, they're super short. It's not like... But there's like a million episodes, right? 147? Now. Yeah, it goes 147? Fast. Anyways. It's fast. <laughs> um, 
that that was called the first contact war with the human centurions getting into uh, tussles. <laughs> so is that that suddenly unific? This is bothering um, me now. But the Turians did help in creating the Normandy, even though uh, Turians still resent humans largely, and so do humans against Turians. Right, right. Biologically, Turians. Um, this is all, you know, on the Mass Effect fandom page, uh, but they are tall, typically over six feet. Uh, they have two long, proportionally thick fingers, so more like pincers. <laughs> Um, and an opposable uh, hum, uh, and an opposable thumb as well. The uh, and talons <laughs> <laughs> and a set of mandibles around their mouth. Uh, to to <laughs> quote cringe. the song, "That's my type. That's my type." Yes, that's um, my type. That's my type. Yep. Don't really <laughs> yeah. like him with three fingers. <laughs> <laughs> the most distinguishing feature of Turians is their metallic carapace, which contains trace amounts of. Thulium. I don't know if I said that right. It's T H U L I U M. Sounds, Sounds right to about me. right. But their I planet has greatly a greater... appreciate uh, Garrus's fringe. I'm sure he would appreciate <laughs> me appreciating that. So just to put that. <laughs> and what I find funny is a lot of times the Turians are compared to insects, um, but the game and like the stuff from the actual company uh, say that the Turian features are avian. Making them oh, yeah, resemble mm-hmm. birds or raptors, um, but they are. Uh, what does this word even mean? Oh my gosh! They give birth to live young. I'm just going to say that. I think it's to, uh, to what? Uh, viviparity among animals. Oh, blah, yeah. blah, inside the body of a parent, eventually leading to live birth. So they give live. It's not birth like they lay eggs. To eggs. They give, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, they just live birth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um. um I don't know. It's what else can you say about the Turians? They look like grasshoppers. <laughs> They're flipping but cool. <laughs> With like um, tattoos and shit. Lifespan. It's similar to a human. Oh. There we go. I wanted to get that one out there. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess that's, I mean, should we just start digging in on uh, Garrus's uh, biology? Walkthrough? Uh, what? <laughs> one other thing about no. Turian biology, because it is going to come up later. <laughs> um, oh, they're their, toxic to humans? <laughs> their uh, life is built on dextroamino acids. So, Which humans are often uh, allergic to. <laughs> and it may go into anaphylactic shock if they swallow so it. <laughs> do not ingest. <laughs> Yo, FemShep, don't swallow. That's what I literally have that in my notes. <laughs> yeah. It is such a good Morden like rocked that. That scene was right there. So like it's so I sh- I'll save that note for when we get there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's all I wanted to say about Terrius. <laughs> for now. So I guess yeah. So when you pick up Garrus finally, um he had well, you don't know that you're picking up Garrus. You know that you're trying you're to just pick going off after Archangel. Archangel, a um, an assassin who has been murdering people. I'm sorry. Well, to be fair, he is a tactical genius and infiltrator. Yeah, <laughs> I would have said vigilante. Uh, see, vigilante uh, is but then closer. he's Batman, and that's cool. Archangel I, is cooler. <laughs> yeah, agreed. So but I it is a vigilante group, though. Like, I mean, he yeah, creates a vigilante yeah. group. I'm going, go ahead, Sarah. They're going after 
bad mercenaries mm-hmm. and stuff like that because they are on what planet do you find them on omega or, uh, yeah. omega so it's a station not a planet yeah. Yeah. so my second note is that i was getting serious batman feels but then i thought about it a second time and i was like actually it's a little more like the original martian band hunter hmm. because if you read way back um he's like super depressed and a very good detective and um but then but then i was like "Ooh, if he takes one wrong turn he becomes deathstroke which i mean no one wants deathstroke (laughs) he he, uh, gareth gives me very magneto vibes i don't where if he made the right wrong choice he could be a bad guy that's what I get out of, like, that's why I kind of put him on the level of Deathstroke. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I don't know. So the thing is, like, after Shepard dies, Garrus is very, I feel like he got lost because he was still part of your crew before you died at the beginning of this game. And then you fucking died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was like, well, this person that was giving me a purpose in something that I like doing by working for this specter that's allowed to operate outside of the legal law because your character is a fucking specter. He was able to battle people and get justice outside of what the normal process would be. Mm -hmm. Um, So after Shepard dies, the crew kind of breaks up. They all go their separate ways and Garrus is like, well, what the fuck? I, I yeah. still want to do this. This is what I want to do with my life. It's like his character growth from the first game is finally being able to do that. Well, and C-Sec tries to take him back, but he doesn't want to have to kind go back of. into that box. Depending on yeah, that's true. how Depending game choices. one goes, there's actually a couple different options for he what could can happen there. be training to be a specter. Yeah. Yeah. He can be trained to be a specter, and I think they also can reject him. Shit. I think he could, they can reject him, they can try to get him back, or he can be training to be a specter. But he decides to kind of go off on his own, and he said that him gathering this crew was very similar to how Shepard gathered their crew in mm-hmm. Mass Effect 1. They kind of found people as they sort of did their job. And I thought that was super interesting um, based off of like some of the the stuff that the writers have said throughout their discussions with fans and each other on the games that before they sort of made this romantic possibility, Garrus and Shepard had a very mentor-mentee relationship where Garrus was looking toward Shepard for what they were doing and looking up to Shepard for the things that they did and their strength and how they handled things and all of that stuff. And while we're on the subject of things that the writer said, apparently Patrick Weeks said that Garrus is a couple years younger than Shepard. What? <laughs> like two to four years younger. That was how he went about writing Garrus. How old is Shepard supposed to be? Like mid thirties, maybe? Maybe young thirties. If this I think, is like a military I mean, maybe career thing, they young thirties in Mass Effect One, but I would think by now, like two. Years I would think later. maybe even like high twenties in Mass Effect One. Uh no, I maybe like maybe like twenty eight, but I definitely. I don't think in you work 30s. your way up that hot. Yeah, thirties. But the thing is, it's like 
weird because in the first game you have an iconic moment in your character arc where you pull off like a big thing and that makes you sort of like a folk hero or it makes you like a soul survivor so there's something that happened in your military career that yeah. was outstanding mm -hmm. so i always assumed that shepherd was like a younger star because in terms of military stuff they don't tend to send the older people out on high intensity stuff um not always it but depends. generally depending like for physical physical stuff they tend to age slower so what you're telling me then is that shepherd is batman and garris is nightwing and uh kind of <laughs> or kind okay okay uh shepherd is nightwing and garris is like tim drake robin Kind of. I'm not doing an equivalent DC Batman. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I've been <laughs> reading too much Nightwing. I'm sorry. Too much. Girl, it's I've not been... a problem. I'm just not going to engage in that discussion because I don't know enough about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I am uh, such a Marvel person that. Same. I just keep seeing like old school Catwoman Batman in my head whenever you <laughs> say Shepard is Batman and I'm like no uh, or George Clooney and I'm like no <laughs> Batman's voice will always be Adam West to me I can't change that yeah but like no you're you are objectively saying, incorrect nope yeah. <laughs> no I hold on always I, it will always be Adam West for me hold on a second <laughs> she's gonna do some good googling uh -oh, about she's the, yelling at Brad the legit animated Batman voice in the series where they introduced Harley Quinn, that's always the Batman voice, to be honest. Kevin Conroy, voice of oh, Batman. Oh, I could have told yeah. Kevin Conroy, yeah. but Adam West is, is the voice in my head. Anyway, Conroy, uh, <laughs> all the way. Anyways, I'm going to help us get back to Garrett's track. Seeing as we haven't even gotten out of his first scene. Yes. Um, so you get told to go after Archangel, <laughs> who is uh, a person that they have advised you, um, Cerberus has advised you, you can recruit onto your team, um, gave you a tip on this cool guy, presumably, all in full armor, um, who's been targeting Omega's crime mercenary empires. And when... I have a you, quick question, and I'm yeah. going to interrupt you, and I'm sorry. That's fine. But when they list the uh, crime brigades, as yeah. I think of them in my head, I know they're called something different. Gang. <laughs> they mentioned one that's Blue Suns. Isn't that a Firefly reference? Yeah, that's the shirt that Jane Cobb is wearing in, like, yeah. episodes. Ethan I actually owns so. that shirt. Yeah. I think um, it's... Blue Suns. Blood uh, Pack and Eclipse. Yeah. Thank you, Tani. Yes, Blood Pack and Eclipse. Because um, those three groups, when you get to Omega to try to find Archangel, have formed an alliance to fight Archangel. Because he's so badass. Because he is so badass. They literally had to form a team because they couldn't fight him on their own. <laughs> he kept on <laughs> maneuvering them. And they corner him. Um, mm -hmm. And you arrive as a quote unquote person wanting to join one of those gangs, quote unquote. Um, That's a lie. Uh, if anyone doesn't would, know, 
they would have to pay you all of their money in order to get Commander Shepard to be seriously. in yeah. their group. You would Shepherd. take that shit over like pronto. But you pretend that you're going to join the group and they're mm-hmm. like, um, so you're going to be in the the advance party advancing up to get to Archangel and you're like, okay, like I need to talk to him anyways. Let's do this. You're like, you these try- motherfuckers are sending me to the wolves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're Shepard, so you get shit done. Mm-hmm. Um, you advance up and like you're taking some shots and stuff and you're getting through there. Your shields are getting broken down. You finally get up to the top and Archangel's been firing on you this entire time. And then you get the cutscene. I got so excited. I like literally jumped out of my couch and I was like running around the living room going, Oh my God, it's Garrus. It's Garrus. Oh my God. I, yeah, I might've been alone in my apartment when I was playing this. So <laughs> when I screamed, Oh my God, it's Garrus. The downstairs neighbors probably hated me, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, but you see Archangel grab up his sniper rifle stand up you see a helmet get removed him sit down prop his foot up and then they pan up finally to see garrison's beautiful mug it's so good pre-start yes (laughs) and they give you uh an option and then if you don't choose it's garris i don't know who the fuck you are or why you're watching our show <laughs> How can you not be excited to see Garrus McCarran? And right. luckily, like when you do that, your character's also like, Garrus, hey! Yeah, like, oh my god, Garrus! And he's like, you. he's like, I thought you were dead. I'm like, I was! <laughs> I'm feeling much better now. Yeah. <gasps> Look at me. I'm uh, so happy. <laughs> yeah. I feel like dancing. Um, I'm not dead. <laughs> I so after that, like it the rest of it happens pretty quickly though. And my first note though is Garrus is so depressed when you first get him back, sad face. Wait, 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 wait. Well, One line that he says during the scene that I love. And when your character's like so yeah, you had to you had to shoot me. He was like, <laughs> yeah. it was only concussive blast. <laughs> if I wanted to do more than take out your shields, I would have done that. Right, <laughs> and I was right. just like, I love you. You're yep. the coolest, and I'm done. Okay, that was a great <laughs> one. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's just so depressed because like his an entire squad that he so carefully pulled together and has been like working with all this time since Shepard's death has been taken out by a traitorous backstabber named Sidonis. Yeah. And like, yeah. And it's depressing. Oh, I'm sorry. Book. Mass Effect fans can now have their own official Garrus body pillow. <laughs> I'm gotta Take stop money. searching for Garrus <laughs> while I'm doing this podcast. Does it have a nice fringe? It's so pretty. I'll send you a link. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, it's really, really depressing. And when you first meet back up with him, you're like, what have you been up to? What have you been doing? And he's just like, killing sad. And I just want to hug him. He deserves so many good things, man. He does. 
like he when you first get him back he he talks about like a little bit more like he talks about his group um why he was pinned down um when you're exiting that entire scenario there is like an ending scene to that bit where the blue sons actually get a bird up um mm -hmm. and shoot garris at the end which you know obviously at the time i was like oh my god and then and then <laughs> the whole ride yeah oh and they're dragging him out and they're yelling like he's not gonna make it get him to dr chalkways he's not gonna make it and i was like what the fuck do you joker mean? we're but coming in hot oh yeah i like almost raged through my controller like this close like writers I hate you, but also what a power move, right? To right. just reintroduce fan favorite Garrus Vicarian from the first game and then pretend you're going to kill him off right after he gets introduced. It had to be the same person who decided to just murder Shepard five minutes after your character creation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like we're just going to kill everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you um, get a murder and you get a murder. <laughs> but when when you do get back to the ship, Dr. Shockwiz has him patched up and he's got this huge chunk out of the collar of his armor and this massive scar around his face. And I think Joker tells you that, or yeah, someone tells you that there's also been some cybernetics put in to keep him moving. Was it Jacob? Maybe it was Jacob. You might be I think right. it might I, I think Jacob. it was Jacob, actually. Um, but yeah, they, they tell you they had to give cybernetics on his face mm -hmm. because of all of the damage. Um all of that shit. And then he comes in and uh, starts talking to you, asks how you look. You tell him he looks like shit um, because that's, you know, military for you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and he's all like, oh, well, you know, chicks dig scars. Oh, so it's, it's, yeah, go ahead. I have the line. Okay. <laughs> Some women find facial scars attractive. Mind you, most of those women are Krogan. <laughs> <laughs> Which, um, great line, but also in totally actual... Wrong. Well, in all the game, Krogan women are super rare, so yeah. I don't know how he would even fucking know that. <laughs> I, think, I think it's just a generalization yeah. on, like... Krogans. That's yeah. Fair. yeah. <laughs> the Krogans. Probably what they've heard other Krogans say. Mm -hmm. You know, that probably. But also, I mean, come on. Who doesn't love a good scar? Yeah. Oh. I was about to say, you know, chicks actually do dig scars. <laughs> you know, you know who's got some pretty wicked facial scars? Garrett. Brad. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you, just... you know, almost getting your face tore off by a Dalmatian when you're five does that. Oh, it's not very noticeable. No, it's not. Yeah, it's not I was about all. to say I never even noticed mm -hmm. that. <laughs> if you if you ever catch me in person again, if that there was ever a thing, I got tons of scars on my face too. Like this one under here, under my eyes. My dad hit me with a shovel on accident. <laughs> <laughs> like, Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yeah, my dad. Normally, hates you start off with accidentally hit me. Yeah. With yeah. <laughs> My dad hates the way I tell that story. But, like, I've got one in here, like, one here, one here. It's like, oh, it's such a bummer that you got... with, like, right through his eyebrow. Yeah, yeah I was I about do. to say... I have one. <laughs> I was about to say it's a bummer that that isn't, like, one of those cool... Yeah. ...fucks with your eyebrow scars. Yeah. I know. Like, I, it could be, though, because it's, like, you can kind of see it. 
you can just start shaving it down there to get the slippers. <laughs> like, like everybody on TikTok does. I, w- I would probably get my entire I, eyebrow. I'm too old yeah. to do that. I'd take off my entire eyebrow. and then I would I'd... never be brave enough. My eyebrows aren't thick enough, first of all. <laughs> yeah. of all. It would just look like, where did your eyebrow go? Because I've removed <laughs> everything that makes it have any color. But I think. Right. Like, just uh, in general. But yeah, so chicks dig scars. Yeah. I will say yeah. one of the things you find out, though, is that Garris is kind of self-conscious about the scar. Yeah. Like, he kind of talks about that later. And you're like, don't but be. you're beautiful. Bro. Yeah. You I and just your alien face are so yeah. gorgeous. Like I feel like this is this is such a bromance that you have with like with Garrus. Mm-hmm. It's really because you guys have known each other. You've been in this shit together. You know, you've it's it's something that's based in friendship, so it doesn't feel as like whirlwindy. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, I get little like Goosebumps. Little the little goosebumps and butterflies in my tummy talking about it. The thing that gets me though is so like watching the the YouTube videos of all of the romance scenes. It's only like twenty six minutes. Like that I, is a severe step down from Mass Effect. Yes, games, yes, or even the Dragon Age games. And yep. like honestly, I super feel it in the Garrus romance. It just doesn't feel fleshed out. It doesn't feel like you get enough time. You don't like. That's a very valid criticism, but I will point out they only include the specific romance things. They don't include the overall discussion topics with Garrus. Yeah. And they cut out some of the, um, in the 26 minute one, they do cut out some of the actual walking through of some of the scenes. Yeah. I tried to find a better one and did not appear. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I remember it being more complex and yeah. there being more dialogue. So I think it in the game when you're playing it, I feel like yeah. it feels different. Obviously, we know this from just watching it on it's YouTube. Not enough. Tony, just because you don't have a soul doesn't mean <laughs> that it's not enough. It's not enough. <laughs> because my playthrough when I romanced Garrus, when I played Mass Effect 2 after Mass Effect 1 with mm-hmm. my okay romance of Caden, I was like, it could have been this. It could have been this in the yeah. first game. It could have been yeah. true love. <laughs> yeah, they could have just, I would have. Mm, but no, you had to wait till two. Though I do appreciate that there is a growth of character in Garrus so. in this game. And we're going to go over more of the stuff that happens and everything mm-hmm. with like his loyalty mission. But he was very much a young guy that had been following a path set out for him his entire life in Mass Effect 1, where he was just breaking out of that. Mm-hmm. In this game, he's experienced everything from the first game, trauma-wise, and then all of the work that you did afterwards, which you weren't, like, we've discussed this a little bit in the overview, but this is very shortly after the end of Mass Effect 1 where you die. Mm -hmm. So it's not that long, but you were on sort of a more routine patrol mission, so you're still doing work. And then he has to warn you for the years that you're dead and yeah. the years that you are getting reconstructed, basically. Well, and as he says, like, you were his best friend almost. Like, yeah. he literally says, you're the only friend I have left or something like that. Yeah. And, like, damn. My boy. Damn. Because with his... I'm not going to cry. 
with him pulling away from Turian expectations, he's like a Turian Cutting rebel. Ties, yeah. He's like the black sheep. Mm-hmm. And in future games, he's somebody that grows to be respected by the Turians again. But at this point, he's still very much somebody that's going against the grain. He's like not following correct procedure. It's like they're kind of like, oh my God. Like it what is What the weird. fuck are you doing, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing with your life? What choices are you making? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I, it's really, this really, uh, it's a redemption arc for, for Garrus. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, and I think, I think despite the lack of specified romance in the romance that you get with Garrus, mm-hmm. I think seeing someone grow like that or seeing a character grow like that is what really got me completely 110% invested in Garrus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because well, Garrus it, is Bay. They give you a lot of... Uh, can we roll into his his personal quest? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's roll roll through that, and then I'll make my point later. <laughs> okay. Um, he asks you to help him take down Sidonis, uh, the dude who murdered his entire squad, basically. And obviously, you're going to do that, but you have a huge hand in how he goes about that. Are you going to let him, you know, dig deeper towards his Deathstroke side, or are you going to try to keep him more on the Tim Drake Robin side? Like, I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember what I did for that mission. I think I've done it both ways. I, yeah. I feel like the multiple times that I've played the game, I've done it multiple different ways here. I refuse to let him go that dark because I feel like he's doing it out of this sense of revenge and grief, and that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, However, because Mass Effect has this gray morality, like if you do stop him from killing Sidonis right away... Um, he doesn't get brought into CSAC. Or... He gets brought into CSAC and then they can't do anything with him because there's nowhere to deport him to. Yeah. Because Omega is a crime field. Yeah. That's it. Like exactly. there's no, yeah. there's so, nobody to do anything about like, it. That's really shitty. It but... proves the point yeah. that Garrus was trying to make. Right. Unfortunately. You know, now that I think of it, I think I just was like, yeah, I got your back, bro. Shoot the motherfucker in the head. I think the first time I probably played it nice because that's who I generally play as a character. I'm very, no, let there be peace, da-da-da-da-da, fairies, sparkles. I'm mostly that way until but. you get to shit like this. <laughs> well, and yeah. then I'm like, nah, put a bullet in that dude. Well, the nice thing is, like, either way you go, you get that con- – well, for one, if you stop Garrus from shooting Sedona's right away um, – he gets really pissed off at first, yeah. uh, but you wind up having a conversation with him either way, like whichever one you pick, and it it pushes your meter up. Like he likes mm-hmm. you better for having any opinion in what it is he's done and any say in what it and is. And I he's think done. that really that really does fly with mm-hmm. how they sort of wrote Garrus because right. he's like your ride or die. He's yeah. willing to be behind you 100%. And he has his own opinions. Mm-hmm. And that kind of is really throughout this thing. You're trying to tell him to chill out. You're trying to tell him to take his time and think about things instead of just running blindly. But he's showing, like, it doesn't, he, like, basically says to you at one point, it doesn't matter 
I'm still going to think what I think and do what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And which is good because I think blindly following somebody is something that he doesn't like. That's his entire point. Mm -hmm. It's not good for him yeah. to need to blindly follow. That's why he had such a problem in the first place. Y'all, I just garrisoned to fly out of the air. Nice. Yeah. I was like, boom, <laughs> dead. Archangel, goodbye. Um, yeah, I think it's a really cool plot point um, either way because either way, you have taken the time to come away from your big mission to do this, to help him, like, get some type of justice for his squad. And he recognizes that. Like, like recognizes like. You know that Garrus would do the same thing for you. Like, turnabout's fair play. You're going to support him in whatever it is he needs. Like, yeah. I yeah. did pick um, one of my quotes from this arc uh, that I liked a lot. And it's not like awe-inspiring it's not something to live up to because it's kind of dark <laughs> but his i always hated injustice the thought that sedonis could get away with this why should he go on living while 10 good men lie in unmarked graves i'm yep. sorry shepherd words aren't going to solve this problem mm -hmm. yeah. and i can totally understand why he feels that way it's somebody that betrayed his group that were so hell-bent on turning around the crime in Omega and helping all of the people on Omega that keep getting stepped on. And it all got thrown away. And I don't remember if Sedonis had a reason for that. I think he said something money. in his mission. I forget. But money. was it just money? Pretty sure. Because hmm. he turns himself in. So I feel like there had to be some sort of thing. This is my memory being great, guys. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, like, especially with the quote-unquote good ending where you tell Garrus to chill, and he does. It's one of those things where I'm just like, he was right. <laughs> There's no justice that's going to be had for this. These people died, and nobody is going to receive any punishment for it. And I just, yeah. Sedonis was captured by the Blue Suns and forced to trick Garrus into leaving the squad's hideout to strike an alleged blood pack gun-running operation in the Kenzo district, and Garrus finds no trace of the operation, returns to the hideout, just as the gang bombs it and guns down the rest of his squad. Yeah. Uh, this there doesn't actually say why Sedonis did it, other than he was captured and was forced. Yeah. So. Hmm. Coerced. If he was coerced to do it. Just show. I thought there was money involved, but I guess I could be wrong. I mean, they probably paid him somewhat. Yeah. But I, it's not good, no. <laughs> obviously. But it is something Garrus never would have done. He would have been like, huh, fuck you, kill me. Right, kill me. But, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, not everybody is made of the same strength. Yeah. and. I could hear it now. He'd be like, you want to put your gun where your mouth is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because he says badass lines like that yep. so well. <laughs> but I, I agree. It's it's a weird thing, and it shows that Sedonis did have regret for mm -hmm. what he did, but I don't know. At the end of the day, I always feel like Garrus is justified in wanting to massacre him for it. 
Um, yeah, I just wish that, like, I know the gray morality, but like, I really wish that you could prove to Garrus that, like, bringing someone to justice did work sometimes. Yeah. And you can't, like, you can't. But it's, he's seen it since he was back in yeah. CSAC. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's, it, I mean, this that's is something he he's seen in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. He's seen this his entire life. That's not something that's just going to be like, oh, yeah, suddenly you're right. right. It's like arguing somebody, it's like arguing politics with somebody. You're not going to change their mind. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're just probably going to end up blocking somebody on Facebook. Or I getting think, blocked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Either way, win-win. <laughs> Either way, I do think it's a good character moment for Garrus because up to this point, he does see everything in a very black and white type of way, which isn't mm-hmm. healthy. And He's got to he does. It's also a really good line. I figured Tawny would have it. <laughs> I do. Uh, it's so much easier to see the world in black and white. Gray? I don't know what to do with gray. Yeah. God, he's so poetic, and I wanted to love this romance, and I can't. I just can't. I can't. Oh, hey, here's another one, Tawny, that will make you scream and cry inside. Um, Imagine if the writing for Garrus had been applied to all of the female characters as well. But remember, everyone, remember, you have to have a hot chick on the front of the game in order for it to sell. <laughs> oh, my God, Sarah. Oh, Baldur's oh Gate. Yeah, um, some jackhole on the Steam community forums was like, uh, they gotta have a hot chick on it so they can sell. <laughs> you know what? Uh, uh, I can't Google you porn to jack off. I have to do it with a game system in front of me instead right. of just using the internet like every other guy. I can't guy jack off planet. and play with both hands. Uh. <laughs> Number one, you're not trying hard enough. Number two, oh. I honestly oh, don't mind pissing off those kinds of gamers because oh, no. they're not listening to our show anyways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then they can go suck my dick. I just really... Giant like, lady dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fucking, oh my I'll god. That. It just drives me up a freaking wall. Yeah. More lady gamers! More <laughs> ladies in games! More Here lady, lady writers. Yes. Right. More lady, lady writers. writers. Put we'll them in the writing room. Gamers. Yeah. Yes. As proven. <laughs> we should write um, a video game. I'm so. here for this. Let's go. Hey, what up, Bioware? Put us on your next writing team. Yeah. Coming next from Romancing the Game, this totally real video game. Yes. <laughs> We're going to call something sexy. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll call it... Um, Hot men on video game covers sell games. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be like the romance novel version of a video game. Um, It'll be called Nalgene. No, that doesn't sound... You were looking at a Nalgene, weren't you? Call it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a water Uh, bottle, in case anybody was wondering. Yeah, I... this, This... I carry this damn thing everywhere with me. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> like when so, will be, except it's a water bottle. Yeah. Uh, so the actual romance for Garrus. Um, yeah. Once you've finally finished his big personal quest, you can finally get to the like good, good romancey bit. Yeah. Which is and really there's only sweet. one of them. Yeah. 
Which is sad. Uh, there's a couple scenes, but it's not. So I'm looking forward to doing this one and then seeing how every other romance in the game plays out. Because if we'll all remember, the romances in the first game also weren't very extensive. No. They suffered from first game syndrome uh, before they really started getting in depth. And I still think Bioware kind of keeps things pretty short in terms of romances. Jade Empire has like the longest romances of, and and kind of the most in depth, like that I've got like up till up to Inquisition, like Inquisition finally like dug into things a little more deeply, but Mm -hmm. Jade Empire actually really, like, you have to form a connection with this person. And, like, I do think that Knights of the Old Republic had a really good method of dragging out the romance. That's you true. don't knock it out in 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so, in Guilty. this game, you, in Bioware games in general, you can group stuff together and Guilty. just knock it out and then have the entire game in front of you. And I'm going to say this before we dig into his actual romance scenes. The base lines that the characters say to you don't lend what's a good word for it. They don't lend intimacy. Mm -hmm. So they'll sort of switch up what they say to you based off of like your level with them loyalty wise. But Dragon Age Origins had a really good snappy, like, if you were in a romance, they'll refer to you like, my love, or... Uh, Kadan. Yeah, like, mm. they'll refer to you to good stuff. That's obviously not... Yeehaw. That would be Sten, who calls you Kadan in Dragon Age Origins, but you can't romance him. Anyways. He's definitely <laughs> Wait, on top what? of my friend's own list. Sten? In Origins. In Origins? He calls you Kadan? Oh, yeah, no. if you're friends. He does, no, he if doesn't. you're friends. He does. What? Hang on. He calls you Hang Kadan. On. When? Oh, now he's starting to fight. P.S. Freddie <laughs> Prince Jr., please come on our podcast. Hey, what up? Freddie <laughs> Prince Jr., come on our podcast. Enjoy your voice work uh, and all of your work. Oh, my God. What the fuck? I, I never tell a lie about Dragon Age Origins. I At never the very end of Origins, where you chat with your companions, Sten calls you Kadan. I thought Iron Bull says that is a loving term. He does. Huh. Mine. Let me romance Sten. That's <laughs> all I wanted. For serious, though. <laughs> huh. Anyways, they have these things to give you, like, an intimacy with a character. But in this game, they don't really do that very well. Mm. They kind of have that same, how can I help you? Time for me to go. They don't give you... Yeah like something that shows that you're in that relationship after you actually finish up the romance. Cause you can like initiate cutscenes when you're working through the romance. But if you are a fast finisher, like we are when it comes to all of those games, <laughs> thank you for your giggles, ladies. <laughs> it leaves the rest of the game feeling kind of dull. Like, yeah, Oh, the game so itself dumb. is obviously fun, but the romance aspect dies. It's to the point. Here, to the here's point. A, here's a theory. I apologize for stepping on you. Mm, go ahead. Uh, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> so uh, do you think that they 
dimmed down the romance a little bit and like the cutesy talk in Mass Effect because they didn't think they'd have much of a female audience. <laughs> oh my god! I don't think no. for Mass Effect, Mass Effect Two though because they there had were so that- many women who played Mass Effect One. Oh, I know. I I'm well, just but throwing I feel it like out they there. Would have gotten the that breeze. feedback for Mass Effect Two, which is yeah. my my point. You think because they gave us Garrus, they had mm-hmm. to have heard heard the massive outcry for right. Garrus yeah. for Mass Effect Two. <laughs> the, <laughs> the collective scream of lady boners everywhere. <laughs> yeah. saying, give us Garrus. Yeah. <laughs> because they were all like, we could romance an Asari. Why can't we romance a Turian? Yeah. Like, um what the hell? <laughs> but for this, that, like, it just dies. And yeah. at the end of his romance, they leave you on, like, here's my favorite quote from Garrus. Here's my favorite quote from Oh, Garris. no. Are you, I think you're taking it. I Can it wait for a bit? I'm in the middle of some calibrations. Oh, that's the best. Oh, one, my yeah. God. <laughs> Do you know why yeah. it's my favorite? Because it's the silly. one that convinced me to break up with him and date Zane instead. It's because she kept trying to talk to him to initiate more romance dialogue after the romance was oh, through. But that's right. yeah, what the yeah. lines are after you complete the romance, which yep. kills your romance. Yeah. And let's go through the Garrus romance so I can say at the end of our discussion why it's also frustrating. <laughs> but uh, we have obviously a lot here. Um yeah. No. Garrus's romance, like, demeanor that you kind of get with Garrus throughout this, now that you're done complaining about Bioware, um, <laughs> is somewhat awkward. Well, I'm not done. So awkward. <laughs> but I it's kind of done. But it's mostly awkward in a cute way. Yeah. For a while. I have to say, it's refreshing that he's not, like, a virgin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because Kaden. everybody in... <laughs> One was a virgin, and it's like, girl, yeah. Yeah. we go to space. Y'all went through basic. Come on. Get you yeah. some. <laughs> I think Ashley wasn't. Oh, no. I think she said that she avoided it, didn't she? I'm pretty because sure of she did, yeah. her career stuff. Never mind. Yeah, they were basically all virgins. Mm-hmm. But finally, we have somebody that admits he's had sex before. Yeah. <laughs> I um, have the reach. She had the flexibility. <laughs> yeah, because the way you lead into starting the romance with Garrus is he's telling you how Turians used to blow off steam before <laughs> battles and how they would do sparring. Um, and Shepard oh, was they like, were, they were just straight out fights, weren't they? Yeah, they were like straight yeah, out sparring, just like, well, yeah, it was like sparring. that BSG episode, like that Battlestar episode where the have you seen that, Tawny? Yes, Battlestar, all of all of them. I don't think where I've Starbuck, seen that, but Starbuck gets to fight people and it's great. Oh, the boxing episode is my favorite episode, yep. and then it's she the, and Lee get into it. Yeah, yep. Yes. Yeah. Yep. The and then Adama comes in and is like, then, what's up? Ooh. But then it gets depressing and sad. Well, yeah, yes. but it's a fucking great episode. <laughs> Such a good episode. So good. But Turians. Yeah, um, Turians. They have sparring that is, uh, what's the word? Um, supervised. Mm-hmm. They have supervised sparring so that they don't injure or hurt each other before. That's the Battlestar reference. <laughs> Before they do um, 
like scary missions. That's how they would sort of get out the aggression and the suspense and the fear. And he's talking about how him and this other Turian had been really butting heads. They were both like the top hand-to-hand combatants on the ship. So they went like for nine rounds in sparring and they ended up in a tie because he had the reach but she had the flexibility. (laughs) And then he's like, and then of course we had to have a tiebreaker later in her quarters. There's a couple of different ways to blow off steam. And I had the reach and she had the flexibility. (laughs) And I was like, thank you for admitting that there is somebody on this ship that's had sex before. (laughs) Well, and I'm glad that they give you the option of being real cagey about it and just being like, you uh, you wanna you wanna blow off some steam together? Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of he's course, like, of course, <laughs> he's like, oh, I didn't know that you wanted you liked sparring, commander. And you're like, I think you know, sir. <laughs> I was <laughs> more talking about straight to the tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes. Yes. That was lovely. Uh, and then when you actually get to romance him, finally. Um, my favorite line from that scene is, uh, I don't think I wrote it down correctly, but it's, save the last shot before popping the heat sink. I wrote this down too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what it is because I listened to it three times in order to get the entire thing right. I also wrote this one You down. know me. I always like to savor the last shot before popping the heat sink. Yes! Wait, that metaphor just went somewhere horrible. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but my he says it favorite way one, sexier. Oh yeah, he's way better at delivering it than we are. My yeah. other favorite bit is when he says, "Oh God, where'd it go?" Um, so you're. Uh, I've never considered cross-species intercourse, and damn, saying it that way doesn't help. Now I feel <laughs> dirty and clinical. <laughs> <laughs> it probably doesn't help that this was probably after he had a conversation with Morden. Yep. <laughs> oh <right>. doctor. <laughs> My notes from the Morden scene. Uh, Bracken scene with Morden. Don't swallow and use lube. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, before we get to Morden giving you sex tips, <laughs> um, you do ask Garrus if he's uncomfortable with the idea. Because when you sort I of. I did like this scene. I liked this you, scene. You offer this up and he's like oh yeah we should definitely take that up on it but you have to have that conversation with him again and he starts to act a little hesitant and like a little nervous so Shepard straight up says if this is something that makes you uncomfortable you don't have to do it and he had a really good line um right there that I don't think I wrote down I didn't write it down either but I feel like I could he said, for one, that's when he tells you you're like his last friend in the world and that there's yes. nothing you could do that would make him uncomfortable. Nervous, maybe, but not uncomfortable. Yes, 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 that's it. And then yeah. he says something about not having, not wanting you to think he has a human fetish because that's certainly not the case. But he <laughs> cares so much for you that you're like, he is very excited about doing this thing with you. And then he says something about like being nervous about hurting you. Yeah. And, yeah. And looking up stuff to, to make sure this goes well. <laughs> right, exactly. He also says something about this either being um, a very oh, good experience. 
to blow off steam or just a really uncomfortable cross-species experiment that you'll luckily be able to go into a important fight afterwards in order to distract yourself. <laughs> Horrible <laughs> interspecies awkward thing. Yes. And that fighting yeah. the collectors will be a welcome distraction to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just so it's honest. so cute. Yeah. It's so and adorable. This leads me to the thing that causes me I just frustration. Googled, I just Googled Brandon Keener. He's, He's pretty. Isn't he yeah. pretty? <laughs> the only way I'd kick him out of bed is to do him on the floor. <laughs> I will point out he's married and has two children and seems very happy. <laughs> I, I'm not saying I'd really do it. I'm just saying in a the, <laughs> theoretical hypothetical world where, yeah, I'm just saying God. theoretically. No, yeah, he's he's a very nice looking dude. Yeah. Speaking of frustration um, <laughs> part of what this sort of causes in the game is this scenario that you're building up at the end of your quote-unquote romance um leaves you in a sort of stopping point where garris says if we do this we should do this right before the big fight mm-hmm so, and that's where his line comes about savoring the last shot before popping the heat sink. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> to have maximum effectiveness on your stress levels and hopefully making them go down. But that leaves you in this place Fucking where purgatory. You want to have the scene, but you're not at the end of the game to have the scene, and you're mm -hmm. just sitting there waiting for it to happen. Luckily, there is one scene with Morden and a good potential scene with Liara. Um, but the Morden one is... The Morden one's pretty good. Hilarious. But this is also <laughs> where Thane holding your hand feels real nice. Don't That's talk saying. about that, you cheater, while we're talking about Garrus. You don't mention that name when we're talking about Garrus. You know what? You have an entire episode about Thane that you could talk about. I'm waiting. <laughs> It'll be the last fucking one of this entire section. But and I'm you'll ready. deserve it. You'll I'm deserve so having to wait. <laughs> <laughs> but this is when Morden um, says that he's noticed. I thought he said that Garrus had reached out to him. Um, I could be wrong. Yes, he does. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember that, but um, Shepard can also ask him for advice mm -hmm. in which he'll warn Shepard about chafing, which he, Garrus does have like a metallic carapace. So I, <laughs> I can understand that, <laughs> but <laughs> it's also where he advises her not to ingest Turian t-shirt as it is based on dextroamino acids, in case you guys forgot about that from our Turian biology lesson. From and the it cause anaphylactic shock. Don't yeah. swallow. Don't so swallow. have an EpiPen nearby, <laughs> just in case there's an accident. But also don't swallow. <laughs> uh, he and he tells that he gave Edie instructions in case something yep. goes wrong. Yeah, yep. he he says that she should return later for a painkiller and forwards information packets regarding Turian 
physiology and positions comfortable for both species to Shepard's room and says that he instructed Edie on what to do in case anything <laughs> goes wrong. <laughs> and I would like to point out, I think we discussed the Turian or like the alien um, compatibility with humans regarding to sex. And we made fun of this actual scenario yes. with Morden saying that he just said to use lube and yeah. be careful. But I, I did not remember that he gave you optimal positions for human Turian intercourse, <laughs> which would be comfortable for both parties. I forgot about that. And I would like to say Morden, you the realist. <laughs> Thank you for coming through for Shepard. <laughs> yeah. Morden's cool as shit, man. Uh, then he promises I, like doctor patient, uh, confidentiality confidentiality yeah. even though he told Edie <laughs> that was also Edie is technically a robot not a person um how does the Prothean's uh legion feel as, about that <laughs> as much as that this much as much as it pains me to say that I don't think yeah. she but Shepard point does yeah. also call Morden out in this scene and asks if he's like messing with her and pulling <laughs> her leg and he's literally like now I would never, never joke about something like this. And you're he like, sounded sarcastic. I can't fuck. tell if that's sarcasm, fucker. <laughs> like, <sounded> sarcastic. <laughs> but he did go on to say that you know it's good mm -hmm. and it's a healthy way to reduce stress. So I think he was being honest, <laughs> no, but I he agree. sounded sarcastic as shit. I think he was just having a good time. I mean, wouldn't you? <laughs> No. If it was any one of us? No. No? No. I okay. would give you the material, and then I'd just be like, we'll never speak of this again. <laughs> oh. No, see, I was the one who got to explain full female anatomy below the waist to other girls girls oh boy like oh, we were boy. in the bathroom might have been a little drunk there was a pen and paper involved but <laughs> everybody knew where the urethra was when i was done american <laughs> education oh oh well they're also um, both a little meh but whatever <laughs> they're not listening to this podcast either so woo that I them zero sex ed down south it wasn't till i came up north that i learned fucking any well okay my mom oh, didn't right. shelter me but like in school. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were a bit, yeah. well, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would, but a sweet, yeah. there was a sweet option for people to comment on your um, romance with mm -hmm. Garrus as well. During your sort of shadow break broker um, deal, if you aren't doing this like before mm -hmm. you initiate the romance with Garrus, mm -hmm. after defeating the shadow broker, um, you can invite Liara aboard and she asks you, about your motivations and all of that fun stuff. And, you know, you have the option when you're romancing him to be like, sweet about how much you like Garrus and say, you know, it's a chance to give Garrus peace. Mm -hmm. um, they can't, you can tell her that, you know, you would like to offer him something better than mm -hmm. the trials that he's faced so far. Mm -hmm. Because let's be honest, a lot of shit has gone wrong. Garrus has been through Garrus's some life. shit. Yeah. He's yeah. had a hard time. He feels like he can't live up to what his expectations are that are on him as a Turian. 
Mm-hmm. And like, it's tough. He like just had his entire crew wiped out. It's yep. not a good like, position he, for him. He's really like the heart of the team. Yeah. Cause I think he's like the down home heart. I yeah. agree. I have to agree the with team. that. And speaking of that, Rob let him die. Oh, we can get Rob into this Wieland. now. Rob, Rob Wheeland. You monster. Another <laughs> <laughs> For everybody listening, so you can send him hate mail. Rob's home address is. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure to send it that way to get yep. this shit sorted. Mm. I expect a fully written apology that's never going to appear because he <laughs> likes to have some demented delight about demented. what he did to our boy. You don't kill the good, good grasshopper boy, Rob. Yep. But that comes after the sex scene. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> or, I mean, can you even call it that? The intimate scene. You know, yeah. Can like, you even it's... call it that? Yes. Yes, uh, you can call. You it don't intimate. have to have sex to have an intimate scene. First, okay, of all. but like she just wants to see Turian butt. Yeah, <laughs> don't I you? know that that's what she well, wants. Yeah. <laughs> but I, okay, I agree. He did have an intimate. He was very sweet, and it definitely had like he had the moment where he like okay, let's just start at the top of it. Okay, Shepard gets out of the shower. He pops in. He brought a bottle of wine, and it's, it's the best so he could afford cute. on a vigilante salary. And I was like, so cute. Oh. I "He like was that. so sweet about it. Oh my god, he seemed so nervous." And that like, man brought me wine. Oh, that also, sort of sweet, if, excited type of nervousness. If you yeah. notice, the music that he puts on is the music from every single one of the strip clubs in Mass Effect. So that's the first thing that I put. I put, "Oh boy." That music choice I didn't notice that. sounds like yeah. a real shitty porno. And is yep. that the shit from Cora's Den? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> you know what's so funny about that? I'm sure he Googled or, you know. <laughs> he watched Googled a bunch of pornos universe. and that was the music. No, he probably Googled human mute music. And that's what he found <laughs> because I imagine all those shitty strip clubs probably just have a playlist that's available in sci-fi Spotify yeah. <laughs> that he tried to put on uh, in a quarter. So the next thing that I put, and this is maybe my, I, I do really like this line when he, he says, uh, normally if you were a Turian woman, I would be complimenting your fringe or your waist. So your hair looks really nice and your waist looks very supportive. <laughs> I, my note here was, you can compliment my fringe any day, Garris. Oh, yeah, girl. Mm. You know any what's day. so genius about that and so good? They show that there is a difference yes. in these species. They show that mm-hmm. it's not like human light or human on drugs for mm-hmm. these alien humanoid species. It's like a different culture. They find different things attractive. Yep. He already mentioned he doesn't have a human fetish so mm-hmm. he he doesn't actually have an idea of what's like quote-unquote attractive about a human he just he really just, likes shepherd yeah he just yeah. really digs shepherd like oh and that i do love that and my next note here is oh thank god she stopped the terrible music she yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> which i think it was so the entire thing is him being so nervous and wanting to get it right and her making him relax Mm-hmm. And letting him take a breath, 
become back to normal <laughs> Garrus that we all know and yeah. love. And he reveals that, you know, he has so much in his life that he's gone, gotten wrong and that he feels so alone in the galaxy. And he just wants something to go right. For once. Yeah. And this is something that's going right. Like it just, yeah. And so my note here was, oh, I love that she acknowledges and caresses his scar before yes. the romance scene because we know that he's kind of self-conscious about it. And that's like the first thing she does after he gives that little speech is she reaches out and rum, rubs her, her thumb along the edge of the scar. And I was just the like, was like oh. yeah. I yeah. like that. Oh, gives, that gets me straight up emotional. Yeah. Not going to lie. Like, ugh done and then he reaches up for her neck and they touch their foreheads together and then they cut to fucking black (laughs) (laughs) and tawny murdered that's where tawny he gets mad i was tawny was messaging us about this on facebook messenger and i just didn't respond to those comments because i was like that's a lot of aggressiveness (laughs) we're not hearing the awkward awful sex music for mass effect one (laughs) and dragon age origins that we made fun of so badly (laughs) but still and maybe i'm not sure because i haven't seen the non-alien romance scenes yet because on things they also cut to fucking black Fuck y'all. Um, they don't uh, they, know. They don't cut to black to make... on Jack. Okay, so like, what the fuck? They don't know how to not make a human butt. Is then the thing. Fucking figure it out. Like they that's don't the know how to do it unless they color it blue. That's their only <laughs> trick that they have. They can make it human or they can make up. it blue. This whole lead up to this entire romance, and then and then what? All the sex. Let me touch your scar, and then. And then, All the sexy lead up to this romance where they talk mm-hmm. about positions and using lube yes. and then they cut to yes. And then nothing. And not to swallow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I just, what? Just the like they, they could have done like, we've seen the concept art. We know they know what it looks like. Just <laughs> I am not here for this romper room bullshit. <laughs> so so I'm going to do an impression of the writer's room when they were writing the scene. Let me get my little notebook here. <laughs> so that was good enough, right? Uh, <laughs> was that okay for you? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's good. We don't want to we want we don't want to make it uh we don't want to put too much pressure on the the animators. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, then you go on your big mission. And you have if the they would have at least showed like having to pull apart his well, he didn't wear his armor up to the room, to be right. fair. He wore That's like true. actual cloth clothing. Yeah. For once. The first time like, you see him that. My God, they could have kissed. They could have fallen into the bed, like together making out a little bit. So and cut to black. Like literally any of that would have his been French better than like flared up a little bit, mm. something. Ugh. To be fair, they do have some like loading screens later. Okay, but they're but real creepy. Why are they creepy? There's like a weird breathing thing going on. And the sink is really weird. And I was weirded out. I would have preferred oh. a static picture the weird <laughs> that they had in those loading scenes. I really liked the one where they were sitting together at that couch and table and talking to each other that they were all like cuddled up. It was so cute. That one was a little better, but like 
the one where they were both laying down, I was like, what's the position difficulty? Because uh -huh. you think with Garrus's structure, what would be the issue? Unless there is none. There is this is, be, this is gonna be slightly graphic. Unless his genitals are just in a weird spot as compared to a humanoid person. I don't get it, but also maybe it's just like stabby bits come out of the carapace when things open. I don't like, know. Like, like, listen, there's there's the scissoring position. You could do some reverse cowgirl. You can do a regular cowgirl. You can pull some crazy wheelbarrow stuff. It could happen. <laughs> Instead, we cut to black. And we get those creepy load scenes. Disappointed. <laughs> seriously, and the, the load screens, honestly, seriously, if they weren't, if they were static, it would be fine. But because they tried to put like this breathing thing on both of the characters, yeah, it just syncs up really oddly. <laughs> and I was watching it like, what the fuck is this from? And I didn't like it. <laughs> I yeah, so didn't have a problem with it, but Tani is entitled <laughs> to her opinion. <laughs> Watch it again and tell me it's not creepy looking. I, if great. I didn't have that creepy feeling initially, why would I have it for watching it again? <laughs> Uh, I know what I feel. <laughs> you can feel what you feel. <sighs> oh, God. But I, I think, you know, I think in terms of the game and the story, like, after this thing, that's it for the romance. Mm -hmm. You go and do the battle. You might accidentally kill Garrus if you don't tighten and button your shit up. Mm -hmm. Um. But, you know, at the end, you pick Garrus up off the ground after you guys fall, after defeating the human reaper monstrosity. You go about your specter life, you know? You keep, you keep on trucking. Keep on keeping on. Not a good mm -mm. ending. It's so the bad. <laughs> There's but no wrap-up. I, I think... In terms of this, I think it's assumed starting Mass Effect 3, if you romance Garrus, you're still in a relationship, right? Yes. I'm pretty yes. sure. Yeah. So it's not like an end of a relationship, but the way that they built this as a trilogy, you don't have that closure. Mm -hmm. Like, think of any movie romance where it's a trilogy series. They don't just leave the romance hanging on, like, a tenterhook like, you have a closing scene where they're standing together looking at the sunset. Right. The mummy had a scene where they both ride off on camels. It's, you got, you got to go out into the sunset it. somewhere. Yeah. Like, helping each other onto the ship during anything. a fade to black. Like, it would have been anything. good. Yeah. I, I think that some stuff was missed Lots of in stuff. making this as good as it could have been. So many things. He's still my best boy. Mm. He's still my best boy. Yeah, Just for sure. <laughs> so should we start getting to the fuck rating? I was going to say. Our favorite moments. Time for the fuck rating. Insert the fuck haiku here. Except it's time for our favorite moments or what we oh, like shoot. most about the character and plot. No fuck haiku yet. <laughs> I think my favorite moment, like I just, I don't have any specifically favorite moment because I feel like it, I'm talking to like my best friend. Yeah. That I happen to want a bone. The so whole it's time. all it's all really like it's just all pleasant for me. Yeah. Yeah. I do have one. And I think it's the scene where you check in with him and you have that moment to be like, 
if you're not comfy with this, like, and he really opens up about it and, and like you have the conversation where you're, he tells you you're his best friend and like all of that, that conversation of, I'm really interested in doing this. I don't want to hurt you. Like you're not making me uncomfortable. I don't think you could make me uncomfortable. I'm just nervous. And I liked that. Yeah. That was so good. Yeah. My favorite thing on this one wasn't a specific moment either, just because, I mean, it's Garrus. It's really hard to choose for me. I instead chose his justice arc mm. through this game in terms of his character. He's become hyper aware of the limitations of procedure for the Turians, for the Citadel, CSEC, the Citadel security team, and how it limits getting his job done. Mm -hmm. But he's still so determined to do good outside of that, that he had that drive to do that. And he's still trying to do it now. So I'm going to, I'm going to do that as my, my favorite thing about the character for this game. And now we can do the fuck raider. Insert fuck here. I get. I mean, I could start if you guys want. Yeah. Sure, get get so, your bad opinion out of the way. <laughs> here's my rating for the entire Garrus romance. Can it wait for a bit? I'm in the middle of some calibrations. <laughs> so rude. So it rude. defines the entire thing for me because. There are good story beats. There's really good story beats here, but they feel disconnected. They don't feel like you go deep enough. There's not any sorry, I tried not to. <laughs> it's Turian biology, Tawny. He can't help it. Uh, but he's got the reach and she's got the flexibility. <laughs> There's not any sort of intimacy beyond what feels like just a very strong friendship and it just, I think there's some serious flaws in the writing of this romance because I coming out of Mass Effect one wanted so much more than mm -hmm. I got and it left me feeling very lacking and also pushed me to romance a different person instead and break up with him. So it's, it's the writer's fault. Sure, you <laughs> monster. Anyways, back to good opinions. <laughs> I am giving this a three and a half out of five. Uh, it hurt me a lot to do it. <laughs> but I think it's it's a Mass Effect 2 problem and not a Garrus problem, so that's why I allowed That's it. all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Gar Garrus did show his entirety as a character in this game and had follow-through on his character traits for the first game, which I love. Like, he didn't change as a person <laughs> just because they had a different story going on. Um, so that's obviously a point. Quality of the flirting interactions, hilarious. Show-stopping, awkward, lovely. I loved every single second of it. He's honest, but he showed confidence 
in discussions with you as his like best friend and then it got to flirting and he got very awkward and nervous as soon as it actually came to anything like that with Shepard. Um, he's the one that sort of brings on and brings up that conversation, but then gets immediately flustered when she sort of turns it back on him as like a proposition, which mm -hmm. so good. It's just show stopping. Um, I gave a half of a point. Um, so I have like an option for the get together and then an option for the pre-ending cutscene, but unfortunately those were kind of like the same scene. <laughs> so I gave that a point and a half <laughs> because I had to lump it together, but I didn't think either of them really got a full point. Within the actual story, they sort of play off this as a casual type of thing up until almost the very end of the romance discussions that you're having. It's like a way to blow off steam. It's not about actual like love or anything like that until it suddenly turns into something very meaningful where you have these strong feelings and you want to make sure this goes right and you want to make sure it's done right and all of this good stuff. So I gave that entire section a point and a half to total out my three and a half points. I don't have an ending point for this one because there because is they didn't do an ending for it. <laughs> they didn't button up these scenes. And I know because it's, it's got a trilogy, it's got that third game coming, but it doesn't feel complete without that. Garrus, I love you. Garrus and Shepard, five ever. <laughs> um, I did a simple scale from anaphylactic shock to good-looking fringe and a supportive waist. I am choosing Rydum Cowgirl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I Garrus is my favorite. I I can definitely see there are flaws, but I am Garrus 110%, like yes. all the way. Mm -hmm. I specifically I, like, looked up spoilers in Mass Effect 3 to make sure I have the best romance with him. Yes. So I super feel where y'all are coming from because I wanted to love this romance. Mm -hmm. It just I, maybe I didn't put enough like uh, uh, personal, like, extra Investment. thought. In, in, like, I invested in it very heavily, but I didn't create, like, an outer life of it. That, because well, it, like, that I didn't, I didn't, like, elaborate on what was there. I don't feel like. I feel like. You know? I, feel like I, I didn't, though. <laughs> <laughs> I just, so when I first started, I'm going to, this is going to be the last thing that I say in argument to Tawny's thing, because she is entitled to feel how she feels <laughs> as much as I disagree with how she feels. I feel like when I first started these games, I was still getting so used to the story and I played them one right after another. Um, mostly, uh, I played through Mass Effect one, I think like maybe one or two times. And then I played through Mass Effect 2 quite a few, but it was like one on top of each other um, to kind of like get a better feel because this was like the first time I actually played an FPS first person shooter game. So part of this was just me struggling not to die all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but like the story and the plot and all of the stuff that goes on in the background, I get super fascinated with the world building 
And then I do use the romance as like that spice in the background. Well, and maybe it's entirely possible. I didn't, like I started Mass Effect 1 and 2 back in the day, but I did not play through them until mm-hmm. very recently, like in the last six months, eight months. Okay, it was like 2019. What the fuck year is it? Um, <laughs> it's the year of June. Yeah, yeah. Sometime around like like December of last year is when I started Mass Effect 1, like and really sat down because we had been talking about doing this show for so long and I was like, mm. fuck it, we're doing this show. I need to play Mass Effect. So I came at it from a different perspective, from a different place, right? Like I've already played Inquisition five times. Like, so my standards were at a different level than they might have been in 2010. Yes, because like, let's be real, they they built out a lot of good things with Inquisition's romance. I Mm -hmm. think they still have a lot of areas of improvement. Absolutely. But I, I think that the expectations on how they handle stuff have gone up because mm-hmm. that like by the time they got there, that wasn't their first rodeo. Yeah. The company knew how to handle things a little bit better. Um, but I think overall the way that romance lands in a game can make or break how you feel about it as well. Mm-hmm. It can be really difficult to have timing correct mm-hmm. in how you play a game and get through these romances without finishing up things super fast. Yeah. Um, I tend to group quests together and get things done one at a time. So if I go onto a planet, I will literally squat there until I've done everything. Oh, I don't play <laughs> that way. Is- which is difficult. I'm a perfectionist. This is how I play all of my games. And that's why my time spent on games is almost double that of everybody that I know. I get bored of something and I'm like, well, I guess it's time to move to the next planet. Maybe I'll come back and do that other thing later because I'm real tired of waiting. (laughs) So when you play games like this with romance, it's meant to be piecemealed across the game. And they even add like a little loyalty mission that you have to complete before you can jumpstart it. So that hopefully adds a little bit more time into your gameplay before you start this romance. But if you don't have it timed, you will get to the point where you complete the romance and then it's like, and now you're back to treating me pre-romance mm-hmm. because there's nothing special about our interactions. Um, which I think is a flaw. Like mm-hmm. that's definitely one of the things that I have a tough time with <laughs> in, in video games with this. Cause I go through it too fast. I really yeah. do. Um, they need to have like a story lock or yes. something. Seriously. That was good with like, we mentioned this before, but Knights of the Old Republic KOTOR, you had to get through certain things before characters would talk to you about yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had to talk about stuff before you could have a deeper relationship. Mm-hmm. So these sort of things would really help. The problem with open world games yes. is they you make that more difficult any for order. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like in Dragon Age Inquisition, as soon as you expand out to be able to go to all of the places, you can literally go to the hardest world, the hardest land area first, and then work to the easier one. Maybe really there would be something to. to be said for like... Okay, you have this conversation chunk. Do 
three more side quests and then you can unlock this thing. But of course there's people who skip all the side quests and then they wouldn't get Ah Yeah. yeah. Never yeah. mind. As a perfectionist, I don't that the way it would work best for me is if it was based off of main plot yeah. things. Like you can have all of your side quests done and then do your main plot thing and then start on your romance stuff. Are you okay, Tani? Um, did you Brad just post something yeah. in our group chat that there's a fly stuck in Mike Pence's hair? Yeah, I just Turn heard his face. ass cackling from the other side of the house. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt with that, but I don't. No. I am. Um, I've just been hearing him cackling and like gasping and like whatever from the other room, and it's been ridiculous. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm so sorry. No, it's beautiful. Uh, it, uh, on that note, we should probably wrap up. We should. Yeah. We are coming up on time. Um, uh, yeah, I like. Look, everyone loves to love Garrus. I love Garrus. We all love Garrus. Brandon Keener, you did a freaking phenomenal job. Your voice is so perfect for this character, and yes. we like it. So. <laughs> Um, yes. Oh my God, my eyes are watering. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode on Garrus from Mass Effect Two. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Please feel free to check us out on all of our other properties. Uh, all three of us are main cast members of the Theater of the Mind Players, an actual play RPG show. We're currently working through Delta Green, uh, which is a blast and just it's super perfect fun for just to watch. Yeah. It's yeah. super great just to see how stressed out Tony gets, too. Uh, it's a very stressful game, you guys. It is. It's super <laughs> stressful. Um, and then uh, Sarah? Yes. Uh, I'm also... Uh, I have two other podcasts. Uh, I'm on the Emmy-nominated uh, Plot Points. And also in Counterparty, I play Fakara. Which is fan excited. favorite Fakara. Uh, fan favorite <laughs> Fakara. <laughs> and y'all just got nominated for something too, right? Yeah, yeah. I forget what the award was, but we got no- nominated for another like podcasty award, and uh, mm-hmm. we just dropped the third episode of the third season, like yesterday. So God. come listen; oh. it's fun. It's great, and you can jump into it whenever you want to. You can jump back and catch up. It's fine. <laughs> it's great. And remember, everybody, consent is sexy. Black Lives Matter. Wear a fucking mask. Wear a and fucking we'll mask. See yeah. you next time. Wear a mask or I will go straight up Archangel on you <laughs> with like a Nerf gun, but it'll still be at least annoying. <laughs> so stay safe out there, folks. Uh, be well. And don't Bye. smoke. Bye.